TLDR, you guys are awesome. And welcome back to TLDR issue number 47. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me as always is my hunk and crime. Together we are the Woodward and Bernstein of the DSG. And just a little tease for the people, Nicholas. We got a big one coming up tomorrow. Uh, we do, but they're not going to be able to hear that until no. next week. <laughs> yes. I saw that you wanted to tease it, and I was like, does he remember that we drop all this stuff always on Wednesdays? That's always what we do. So yeah, I, yeah. I, that's, that's what we call uh, pulling a dock right there. Yeah. So I would you say that that you're not – um. Are you still spoiler free then? You didn't say who it was. No, I didn't say who it was. You know, no, don't just... don't try and uh, you know make me have to erase the uh, the old whiteboard. There, we're still day whatever spoiler free. Yes, this is true. All right, you're, so you're still you're still in good shape right now. But yes, we do have uh, a little something that we've we've been cooking up, and we're excited to get to. Uh, we'll be talking talk, dealing with it, you know, Fucking after we record ass. this show. But it'll be coming out Wednesday next week. But hey, guess what? Right off the rip. If you haven't subscribed to the show already on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, I don't know for Stitcher, but Spotify, SoundCloud, make sure you do it now because that way you'll get that audio right away. And then when you go and make your commute in on Wednesday morning, or if you're at home and getting ready for work or whatever, and you're showering and all that stuff, you can listen to what we got uh, planned for you. We're not going to tell you who it is because I don't want to jinx it until we have it in the bag. Um, but anyways, Joe, I like that hat you're wearing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's when just, did you uh, get that? I got this hat over the weekend uh, by 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 a nice fellow named Nicholas J. Esquire, comedian for hire. Mm. Yeah, we uh, he surprised me. You know, I didn't see it coming. We went to uh, Boston Fan Expo this uh, this uh, you know this past Saturday, Labor Day weekend, if you will. Yep. And uh, you see, you know, dropped off this nice little TLDR hat for those uh, listening and and those uh, that are watching can see it. It's real sharp, nice uh, leather logo. Really nice. Yeah. Um, One fifty out the door. Yeah. Uh, we got to put that up on Instagram so people can see it. I forget who I got it through, but it was like one of those customization companies, and uh, it was actually a pretty good price and everything. I got myself one, of course, too. Um, but anyways, yeah, we had a blast at Foston. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of swords there. So Keith, I know he didn't so go. Many swords. We should have gotten him when there was a couple axes. I think that we saw and like knives and it was it was crazy that was all that was there too there were no there's nothing else yeah nothing else. it was a sword convention really. yeah it was weird they called it the fan, fan expo it used to be comic-con but now it's just like the sword convention so i don't know what, what their deal is i think they kind of got to figure that out but um thought they had all summer to do it but anyways I, I really enjoyed it we met quite a few artists and um actually you know brian azarello was there too we got to we didn't really talk to him much, but uh, we did. See, we got to talk to him for a little bit. And I keep forgetting it's Steve Orlando. That went well. Yeah. I, forgot, I forgot to bring the poll with me to have him sign that. But yeah, and we got a little bit of a little bit of info from him. He's gonna. He's got something else cooking with TKO Studios. Doesn't know exactly when that'll come about, but I mean, Nick just mentioned the poll. Great book. We both loved it. TKO. They really haven't done anything in a while, and I wonder if that's yeah. uh, pandemic related or not. They just had because it sounded like that was part of the issue with with yeah. Steve Orlando and and getting his team together to get the book down. It's been it's been hard, so maybe that's you know cause for the delay. But uh, John Boy, right? yep. uh, the artist John Boy, fantastic time with him. Uh, his guy. art. I bought some art from him. I'm going to hang up uh, over here in Bag End soon. I think. That Nightwing print I bought and had him sign. I think I'm going to put it next to my Noctera prints Ooh. because it looks really well next to it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we talked to Matt Hawkins for a little bit and a couple. Of, so it was, you know, it was a great time. We yeah. were there for a while. Yes, and, we were. Yeah. For uh, took it all in, baby. We got a little extra early access too because, you know, press pass boys and everything like that. It was Joe's first, first time ever attending event as a member of the media. So did you have a little time to reflect on that afterwards? Because I know it was a lot. Like the whole day was just a whirlwind for us. Yeah. You know, it was, I had been to it before when it was, you know, Boston Comic Con. And mm -hmm. that was probably five, six, seven years. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, I remember it was at the other sort of um, expo center or convention center down on the waterfront there uh, on sort of opposite of where the uh, Boston Convention Center uh, is. Mm -hmm. And that was overwhelming. I mean, that was that was, you were jam packed in there, not just with people, but like all the, you know, um, the vendors and stuff that was way more overwhelming. The, how they had it set up for the the weekend, I don't know if it was COVID related or not, but uh, it just seemed a little bit more spread out, just a bit. It was a little more breathable. Granted, mm -hmm. half the time we were there, it wasn't open to the the general public, 
Yeah, it was, like v- it was like VIPs and us. So. Yeah, but yeah. even even when the even when the floodgates did open, uh, yeah. you could still move around a bit, and mm-hmm. it was just it was just fun as hell, and it was great talking. You know, I I wouldn't have approached the uh, artists and the writers mm-hmm. had I just been a regular, you know, uh, you know pleb, you know, mm-hmm. walking through there. But it it was fun, you know, with all the interviews that we've done over the past year, just sort of having that little extra confidence to to talk to them and, you know, just, you know, find out more about their work. The art, when I first ever went to a, I think the first one I went to was the one in Rhode Island, Rhode Island Comic-Con. And I, and I think it still goes by that name. And I, I really enjoyed it, but I definitely didn't go as much up to artists. But the first time I went to Boston, I think it was Fan Expo at the point that I went. And it was, I think it was 2018, um, if not 17. But I definitely went up to like to artists and writers then. That was that was a fun experience. And I that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing. I mean, they got, you know, there's so many toys. I mean, Darth Reven toy, you know, I was eyeballing yeah. that one. There's Moon Knight, all this. I didn't end up getting a single toy for myself. They but, were pricey. Well, yeah, Darth Reven was 60 bucks. One of the Moon Knights was 80. And it's like, okay, Reven, I get Moon Knight. I mean, I'm sure they don't make it anymore. I was like, really? Shit. But with the, I love you know meeting the writers and the artists because it's just like, well, especially with artists, like, you know, I, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. So I'm always impressed by the stuff that they do. But like, this is the stuff they make the stuff that we're reading and the stuff that's getting turned into shows and movies too. They're doing all that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, if you want to see the art that we got, you guys make sure you go follow us on Instagram. Joe does a great job managing all that and, you know, putting all our collages and all that different stuff up there. It looks so, I mean, it looks like it's Billy D work. Um, and it's, but well, it, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> it's, 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 but they're Dr. Joe specials. Um, but then yeah, Brian Azrell, it was great talking to him. I actually picked up a book from him that he did for image uh, a little while back. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my Moonshine. head, but I, uh, Moonshine. Okay. I overthought that one. I remember it was like, it has something to do with Moonshine. Um, but I plan to read that and hopefully talk about that on the show at some point. But Matt Hawkins, for those who couldn't put two and two together, we actually, I talked about Aphrodite 9, which he wrote a little while back. He was also supposed to do some stuff for the darkness. I mean, he's over there with Top Cow and Silvestri. So they're working towards bringing that back. We got a little insight on when that's going to be happening in uh, Witchblade. So the darkness is going to be next year. And then Witchblade is going to be, um, I'm sorry, Darkness is going to be around this time next year. Witchblade is going to be in the spring of next year. Of course, they're kind of related. So I, I haven't read a ton of Witchblade stuff, mostly just Darkness that includes Witchblade, of course, in the same world. But I might go and read this because it seems like they're going to just start everything over kind of. So they might yeah. adjust some stuff and make it more 21st century. So I, I'm very excited for that. Um, and then Steve Orlando, too, we talked, you know, Joe mentioned the poll. We t- I talked about that on the show as well. That was a nice surprise book for me. When it comes to TK, I'm hoping that they get back to it Um soon but like that's part of the problem where like they they create these books that you can binge and it's great and you read them all fast and there are definitely other books there that i want to read um you know you talked about uh what was lemire's book over there oh, um, sentient sentient I, I still want to read that one and there are others too that i haven't bought that i do want to read but like they don't have new stuff coming out so it's easy for them to kind of like drop out of our consciousness like we're it's, it's not because joe and i don't all of a sudden like tko anymore they've done nothing to make us feel either way about them we just don't yeah. have to talk about unfortunately so uh, i know they've done some things like some shorts but that's a little bit tougher for me to get invested in i mean those shorts are only like five pages long and i mean they're yeah. i mean for those watching they're they're not that big they're good yeah. but they're really short i mean they're short it's they're called literally. Shorts for a reason yeah so i mean i i, I when did red fork and all the that third wave come out i feel like it was approaching it was around a year. this time last year yeah, yeah somewhere between this month and november i would say so you know maybe within the next month or two we'll, we'll get the next wave and that's probably how they're going to do things drop six books all at once and i hope that's what they do they did three last time and i don't remember what they did before that but that was their third wave and they have quite a few other books so I, yeah. i'd love it if they did it more like five like that yeah. would be perfect. I think that because then you're, there's a ton more. But I mean, last time they had two really, really good books, like just absolute yeah. page turners. And um, what was it? Uh, we only find those. No, what was it? Uh, Lonesome Days, Savage Nights was yeah. solid. I really liked the art, but I feel like the story could have just. I feel like there was a lot more could have been done with the story. So it's still good. Yeah. But of the three, like, and I talked about it on the show, obviously I still, I gave it like an eight in my review and I still stand by that. But the other two were on a different level oh, on their own. Completely. Especially yeah. Red Fork. That's- yeah. and, and we didn't do Red Fork on the show because I read it and then Joe had planned on reading it. In hindsight, I probably should have still done it on here since you didn't have the chance to read it before I gave it to you. Right. Um, but that that's definitely would have been like a TLDR worthy book for those who have not picked it up. Um, and speaking of, you know, catching up and everything, 
personally, I read The Last Barbarian 3, and that was the end of the first arc. It's just like a mini like start or whatever. I don't know if he's going to keep doing three at a time, but that's not going to be going. That, that series is on pause until next year. I don't think it's anything to do with uh, lack of success because like Snyder was praising it and like it was quoted for the first issue. And then I think we saw Rosenberg for, for this last one. So it's been successful. I've enjoyed it. I think it's been good. Um, I'm going to stay on it. I don't think I'm going to talk about it on the show after only three issues. I think I need more than that yeah. personally, but I do think that that is like, if you like mythical type stuff and like, you know, old school, like uh, medieval times things I, in magic, I think this is a book that you should, absolutely give a look also united states captain america issue three i read that um really like what they've done with that where they have all these different captain americas all across the country different backgrounds and everything like that and we see another person who's um worn the cap taking on the captain america mantle that shows up in this book and is going to be oh part boy. Of this, at least for next issue if not you know as long as the series goes on so uh, i i really enjoyed this one nice so i didn't catch up on too much the i still have quite a stack uh, of books. It's funny. As soon as I sort of knock the stack down, it, it, it builds itself back up fairly quickly. So the yes. two books that I, the two books I caught up on, uh, I read them because they have new issues coming out today. So crush Lobo number three, uh, enjoyed that, uh, mm -hmm. with crush Lobo number four coming out today and Eve number four from boom studios. Ah. Uh, read that, uh, that series ended, uh, with issue number five that dropped today. So that was, uh, that was a good series. Okay, nice. I know our guy Ferg over on um, over at Geek Worldwide has been reviewing that and liking that a lot too. So, that's, yeah. is that something that you think you'll be able to do on the show, or is it like good but not quite on that level? It's good. It's not quite on that level. I I thought about it, um, and it's it's a good story. I I think I'll need to reread it again to mm. make that final decision because it. It's like it's really right on the cusp for me, to be honest with you. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know what, Joe? I, there are times where we have lulls where it's like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what, like individually, we've both had that where it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I know you had to call an audible. You've had a couple weekends where you've had to call like yeah. multiple audibles, but usually it's like we don't have a shortage of, of main yeah. topic books to talk about. We certainly don't generally don't have a shortage of what's new books uh, to talk about either. Let's head over to that right now. Um, starting with DC, of course, we have Batman 112 out this week, which you are reading. Uh, we're both reading Suicide Squad Get Joker issue two, and I want to talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Joker presents a puzzle box issue two, blue and gold issue two, which I read um, and reviewed for Geeks Worldwide, and I was a little disappointed with that second issue. I thought it was pretty meh. Um, I will read the third one. The first one was good enough for me to absolutely give it a two-issue window, but I did not give that a good grade at all. I read Black Manta issue one. I wanted to give it a shot. First issue is a character I don't care a ton about, and the first issue was like, eh, I don't think I'm coming back for the second one. I don't think it was bad, but it just didn't like do yeah. much for me. Um, but also this week, there's um, – your, your two favorite writers had had books this week. Uh, or sorry, your favorite and your least favorite writer. Of course, your least favorite <laughs> writer being James Tynan in Last Nice House on the Lake, issue four. And then your favorite writer, Batman, Batman Catwoman, <laughs> issue seven. But I, I found this out just before the show, everybody. Apparently, Joe is officially done with Batman Catwoman. I am. You gave me a lot of grief about it la uh, last time I talked about it. I'm like, why don't you just quit? Why? And I was like, no, don't no. Don't blame me. Don't I'm going blame to. Me. I'm going to. Uh, you know, spite read the hell out of this. And then I decided, no, I am not. It's not worth my time. I got so annoyed, and the idea and the visual of Granny Selena Kyle in this dopey ass looking bat cat suit. Mm. Uh, no, I, I, that was it. Is is interesting and engaging as the Phantasm story has been. That single handedly, it, it took me out. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad for your personal health, but I'm uh, disappointed for the sake of the show. Uh, I thought you were going to keep going. I, this was news to me. Like when I saw that, you're like, you're, you're not reading this anymore. So, wait a minute. When the fuck did this happen? Because yeah, it, it, ha it happened. It happened. It happened. Early this morning when I went to click on the link to read it, and I said, no, I'm just not going to do it. Okay. All right. Well, um, I know you're still on Nice House on the Lake issue four, and you have one more issue after this one or two more before the pause? So so two, but the pause is at six, and then mm. it's going to go on a six-month pause. And I think it's only a 12-issue story. So, like, this pausing it at pass. six for six months, like – I'm obsessed. I'm going to stick with it. I would fully understand a lot of people like, yep, just forgetting about it after six months. Like, it's only a twelve issue story. Just fucking bang it out. 
I, just, I don't I don't understand it. It's you know it's not and as maddening. Oh, it's so good too, Nicholas. Yeah. You know, we got th- that's kind of a theme with today. It's you know, there are quite a few books that have there's that one, and there's another book that's been on pause that's finally back too, that we will talk about a little bit later. But then the artist that I, I mean the writer that I'm talking about today for my book has some may say the greatest book of all time, uh, comics book of all time, and that's been on pause for for freaking years. But that's a whole that's that's a little tease for who what we're talking about today. But I heard um, it's coming back. I heard it's coming back like this year. The, Oh, I didn't Possibly. see. I didn't see that. The article I read. I mean, it was dated back in January, so it oh. said you know plans to return in twenty twenty one. It's so. January, and it's in twenty 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 one. Has definitely not. It's not not gone as bad as twenty twenty, but it's definitely not gone how people probably expected it to. No yeah, way. But, It'll be next year at best. At probably, best. But ah, uh, you got you my know. hopes up for a second. I thought it was like an article from like a month ago. Then I'd be like, oh, okay. I, I give January though. God damn it, Joe. Um, anyways, so then we got Suicide Squad Get Joker issue two. And our buddy Rich Keefe over on the Dork Podcast uh, has been excited to read this and is waiting to hear what we have to say with these issues. And we talked about the first one. We said it was good, but there was absolutely a lull in it. Um, in the, probably in the midway through the book, maybe. It, it then things picked up, of course, right towards the end. Of course, has a ton of potential because you have Joker involved, Harley Quinn, and Red Hood. This second issue was way more like fast-paced from start to finish. I really enjoyed it. Um, there are like there are a lot of weird new characters from the uh, like, a part of the Suicide Squad, and it, they've made it pretty clear that none of these characters are safe. I wouldn't be surprised if only two of them make it out alive and all this, and you know which two that would be, Joe. Um, but I really enjoyed the second issue, and uh, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it yet, but I, I thought this was a great step. Um, in the right direction, and I'm ready for issue three. I did. I thought it was great. I just want more from Red. I wanted more from Red Hood in this book. Okay, you want more you from know, him? Hmm. I thought that. I don't know. I maybe I sh- I need to reread it again, but I just like. No, no. I think that's fair. It wasn't like cra- like there was definitely a decent amount of Red Hood, but it wasn't like. I don't want him to be the straight guy. He was very much the straight guy. Ah, uh... you know what I mean. Now, I don't know if that's going to change over the course of the series. So, I mean, the people in the, that he's paired with are a bunch of whack jobs. Like, make Harley Quinn look like the second most sane person on the Suicide Squad team. <laughs> yeah, he was just a little – he was a little too uh, Dick Grayson for me and not enough Jason Todd. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if you're going to get that in the series. I still think the book's yeah. good, but that that is a legitimate complaint. It's a fair one. I don't think that Red Hood – I won't – I'll say this. I don't think he's like – Dick Grayson in that like he's like tamed in the sense of like he's not going to kill or anything like that like complaints that I've had with Red Hood before at the same time that edge that you're looking for doesn't yeah. seem to be it there, was right? just a little more level headed but, you know, well, okay. but at the same time Joe you have to recognize the situation like again fair complaint I, I, I understand what's but, going on yeah. with Joker I mean yeah. how I, would, we don't want, we don't want to give everything away but you know what I mean I want yeah this I want I want just a little bit more. I guess that's okay. the crux of what I'm trying to say. That's fair. That, that, that is fair. And also, uh, not to be forgotten this week from DC, we have Crush and Lobo issue four. Uh, I have been reading through the first three issues like Joe. I, I did not get a chance to look at four no. yet. Um, and then The Conjuring, The Lover issue four, Joe's favorite series. Next, um, next book of the year right there. As for it, Joe's actual favorite series, Daredevil is coming cl- close to its end uh, with Chip Zdarsky. Issue 34 is out this week. Then we got Deadpool, Black, White, and Blood Issue two, Star Wars, War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, issue four out this week. Shang-Chi, issue four, which actually we did not talk about the movie before we got rolling with oh, what's yeah. new. What did you think of uh, of the movie? I enjoyed it very much. I uh, I took my nephew to see it. He loved it. Uh, and I think I think they did everything they needed to do you mm-hmm. know, with this character. Now, they changed the backstory a little bit. Right. Know? So I was on here last week, and... You know, the origins of the character revolves around the five weapon society, not the ten ring society, but they had to it was a good way to introduce that mythos into the MCU. And it was a, a good way to give a character like Shang Chi a, a quote unquote power. Yep. You know, so they can kinda you know, he's he's not just like Hawkeye who's just running around, you know, with his fists. You know, he's actually got, yeah. you know, these rings that will allow him to do some things that will, you know, elevate him on a fighting plane, you know, more than, uh, than just, uh, just a, you know, a, a really badass human being, but I thought it was great. I sort of rank it right behind Dr. Strange. So in that 12, 13, 14 range, for I me. think I ranked it just ahead of Dr. Strange on yeah. my grading. Um, 
of course, you know, you always worry about recency bias, but regardless of my, like where, where, where it falls on the grading scale, it was really good. And I don't think my opinion will change in it being in that range. Yeah. Um, just a matter of maybe in time, maybe I like it a little more. Maybe I, I know like, well, I as more of these movies come out, these things are going to fall back or, but you yeah. know what I mean? So, but like Ant-Man's one that's risen up for me from when I first saw it. I enjoyed it the first time, but like, I appreciate it a hell of a lot more as time has gone along. Um, it just, because it sets up so much shit that you just didn't realize I'm, right. on top of being funny. Um, but yeah, I thought Shang-Chi was really, well done and as much as we didn't there's a, like when going into it you know we all had different expectations for but no matter what we all thought we were going to like it when joe talked about it on the show for tldr 46 i think there was a lot there to get excited about some quite a bit of that stuff didn't come to fruition but like there was one thing that was like similar um adjacent to what you talked about when you were talking about dr strange and everything speaking of him and we see that in the course of the movie too where now it's like you know, like I couldn't help but think back to you bringing up the stuff that happened in, you know, in the, the, the series that you were talking about. I think it was five, six issues uh, from 2020. Um, so I'm really glad that you ended up doing that because it set the table nicely for me in, in the course of all this. So, again, if you haven't if you haven't seen the movie or even if you have, go back and listen to 46 uh, TLDR 46 for nothing else to hear Joe talk about Shang-Chi and give you a little more background in the character if you have further questions about it, because that that series was very insightful. Um, dark horse this week, Joe, what are you, there's quite a few things that caught your eye. What's out from here. Uh, so we have uh, black hammer universe, the unbelievable unteens. This is written by, uh, Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been, so I didn't realize when I, I mean, I realized it as I was reading it, the uh, issue number one, uh, that it's part of the black hammer universe. So when I first read issue number one, I just thought this was a new new thing. And then I'm like, wait a second, that's that's the city that they're in in this book is in uh is in Black Hammer. And in the and then when issue two comes out, it's yeah. you know, Black Hammer Universe, dot dot dot, you know, unbelievable hunting. So this has been uh, a, a joy to read, you know, uh, I'm enjoying it very much. Okay. Um May's book, number one, another Jeff Lemire book. Nice. Uh, this was great. This was the pacing of it. You know, it was a little bit more story driven, so it was a little slower. You know, there wasn't a lot of action in this first issue, but it wasn't needed. It was very interesting. Uh, you know, the the character work that Jeff Lemire always does is outstanding. So, uh, if you're a fan of Jeff Lemire's work, uh, go read this book. It's going to be another doozy from him. Um, and then Masters of the Universe number three came out. Uh, I want to. I want to actually read all of these because I do want to watch the show. Um, oh, you still haven't watched the show? No, I still haven't watched the show yet because I, I liked was, it. Uh, I was watching something else, Nick, that might surprise you. That I'm going to keep under wraps for now. Oh, okay. I'll, I will say this: I'm not a He-Man guy. Like I remember as a kid, like thinking, "Wow, that name is so fucking stupid." <laughs> I have no desire to learn anything about this character, even though he looks kind of cool in the world. But the world I, seemed kind of wonky. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about it. So I want to read the comic, watch the show. Uh, all done by Kevin Smith. So it sounds like he's he's you know he's back up is on the horse. Who's favorite picture. or is he Davy's favorite? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. Davy, you or Davy me? <laughs> uh, and then lastly, uh, from Dark Horse, I I wasn't sure I was going to read this book at first, but it was a number one. I'm going to give it a shot. Flight out number one. Last flight out. That, oh, sorry. Yeah, last flight out number one. Uh, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Was it? Okay. Uh, it was, it was, you know, you're reading it and like the main character, like this guy's a fucking prick. And that, that just sucks you in at all. Cause you like, you know, that's how good character stuff works. You either love characters or you hate them. And you, there's a, a, a palpable reason for that. And just the whole premise of the story and where it goes and just in that first issue alone, a hundred percent in on this one. Okay. Now there are quite another f- a first few first issues from other indie p- companies this week. Uh, we have search for who H-U, spelt like goo, um, issue one from Aftershock this week. Then we have Vault, Dead Box, issue one, also from Vault this week. Uh, the last book you'll ever read, issue two, one that we're both very excited to uh, to, to continue reading. And I know you got the, uh, another like plastic wrap cover again because you just can't help yourself. So uh, uh, the, the shipment was delayed at Newbury Comics today, uh, or this week is a Labor Day. So I got up there and I was like, the only books I, I could physically grab were two DC books I wanted. And uh, and then so I, I said to the guy, can you make a list for me? Because, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I can get these books later. And they go, well, the box is right here. Just tell me what you want. I'll hand them to you. So I rattled them off. And when I got to the last book, you'll ever read number two. He, he I mean, I was going to get the uh, plastic wrap cover anyways, but that's the one he gave me. So I was like, oh, so, and, he's like, uh, so he knows. 
He knows. He knows. He knows I'm a degenerate. And I got to tell you, you know, walking through the store with, uh, you know, a book in a, you know, in a plastic bag like that, people definitely give you the stink eye. I bet. But, uh, but it's we one wasn't with you this time. I know. It's a, it's a hell. Yeah, that would have been awkward. It's a hell of a fucking story, though. It is so yep. good. Yeah, that's been that's been a really good series. Colin is on fire, and we can't wait to talk about all his stuff um, fairly soon. Uh, let's see, we got Boom Eve issue five. This is the last issue. Of course, you mentioned that earlier. Mighty Morphin eleven. Of course, it's Power Rangers. We got two series going on there. Really been enjoying that. Um, AWA, not all robots issue two. We were really high after the first one and the second one. Joe, I am just as excited. I don't think this was necessarily. Um, well, no, the ending was probably, I don't know, the ending of the first one was like, I feel like I'm on the same excitement level as I was after the first issue. I think this was just as good. I don't think it was any better or, or worse. Like it just felt pretty much on the same level. Well, I'll tell you that the ending of the first book definitely was that sort of, oh shit moment. Like, oh, mm -hmm. this is, this book's going to go. And then yep. the second issue, I thought ju just like you, it, it was just as good. It did. It accomplished two things really well, though. It really set up, you know, where the the series is going, the direction yes. of it, and the satire was kicked up a notch. Yeah, that's true. The satire right? was absolutely kicked up a notch. The, the 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 this book is is it's funny because like what's what's most horrific about it is the satire because mm. it's taking a look at you know you know a future when there's robot overlords and and we're they're subservient you know pets, but like. The way that the robots interact with the humans, especially when they're doing the the robot talk shows, it is very, very reminiscent of the shit you watch now, and that's yeah. sort of what makes it scary because it, it's all too real. And yep. and it's it's the, the first issue oh. felt real. The second one felt like wow, like you're not not only are you talking about like the robot the technology taking over our lives to an extent where we are just like subservient and, and sitting at home and waiting for, you know, dad robot to get home. And then he's going to, doesn't want to talk to us or whatever. Like you're, you're not just doing that. You're also talking about the stuff that's going, the other stuff that's going on in our world today and talking about how it's kind of similar and everything. It, it was, it, I honestly though, Joe, like, I don't know how they're going to do this in five issues. Like I, this is, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure I'm going to like it. The first two issues have been awesome and yeah. recommend this to anybody. But I feel like I'm gonna be at the end of this series. Like I wish we had a little bit more um, to this, or maybe they, maybe maybe they'll do like they, what they did with Resistance, where they bring it back for Uprising and Moss yeah. and all that stuff. I'd be cool with that too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know if this is five or six, but however many issues it is, it, mm -hmm. you know, it's. I think you know it, the next issue is going to be real pivotal. Real pivotal. Jesus. Real pivotal. Yep. Can I speak today. Pivotal. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> going to be really important. Ah. Uh, because like that's going to really be the linchpin issue like you know it's going to be action-packed you know and then it sort of goes from there or it's it's going to be one of those things where it, it continues on a second arc yeah and i'm you know what we, we say it all the time too we prefer that we're left wanting more afterwards with the exception of saga like we need to actually finish that shit but like and i'm fine with you with them like cutting the series at five six and not revisiting it and just letting it be the awesome five six issue series that it was i think you're generally going to deal with a lot more success in that way in terms of having a good story and AWA does that better than anyone else, really. Because yeah, they're really the only ones that do it. Yeah, you know, because mostly, well, you know, TKO. TKO is you know, the other one, yeah. But like, you know, they their books are generally only five or six issues, with the exception of I think Marjorie Finnegan's eight. Um, but most of them are five, six issues, and they mm -hmm. actually do a really good job. Like, you get to that point where, like, oh, how are they going to wrap this up? Are they going to be? And, and and they and they do it. Yeah. So uh, I I love this series. It's great. And uh, but yeah, the satire in this ep in this issue and just in this book in general is off the charts. Speaking of which, Marjorie Finnegan, the first trade, so that's the first four issues uh, collected, are going to be out the same day that issue five is out. If you have not gotten in this book or been waiting to, that not that is a great time to do it. Pick up the trade. Pick up issue five. Joe and I have been loving that series. It's been really good so far. Um, I think three was the one that had the slight lull in it, right? And then four yep. was awesome, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, anyways, let me go over to IDW, and I know you're reading Canto 3, Lionhearted Issue 3, but we're going to breeze past that um, because Image, of course, always has big stuff going on. Deep Beyond Volume 4, I mean, sorry, Volume 1 out this week. Moonshine 27, so there you go. That's how far that series has been going. Um, of course, Brian Ezreal talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, but then we have Ordinary Gods Issue 3. We had Kyle Higgins on a while back to talk about that with him. I uh, really enjoyed this issue. There's 
there, there was definitely like an oh shit moment. Like I had a real like at first it started a little slow, yep. and then I had a realization as like as we kind of got later on in the story, and I'm like, oh shit, that's what they meant. That's what's gonna happen. And then I'm like, oh, the, it, and I talked about it more in my review for Geeks Worldwide, but it's I, I I'm really liking what Kyle Higgins is doing with this. Like, just when you think like, oh, okay, it might be slowing down or whatever, it's not. It's absolutely yeah. not. Um, and then we have the Me You Love in the Dark issue two, which you have been reading. Yeah, I absolutely love this book. This was a great second issue. Uh, definitely, you get more horror vibes in this one. Gets a little, uh, gets a little personal. It gets a little, uh, you know, a little darker, a little deeper. Um, but the the team of uh, Corona, uh, Jorge Corona and Scotty Young, I mean, they just mm -hmm. there's they're as good as a, a tandem as, as as there are. So uh, I highly recommend this book. And then it's it finally happened joe we've been talking about it for months and months and months and we finally got excellence back this week. Oh. issue 11 dropped from brandon thomas and carrie randolph and they addressed it at the end of the book um of course things happen and i guess they've both been doing really well i know brandon thomas is doing a lot of dc stuff yeah. um I, i'd say like this this issue this the return i probably should have gone back and read issue 10 because it took me a minute to kind of get reacclimated and everything, yep. but still, I, I really enjoyed this series. I'm so glad it's back, and I'm just hoping that we can get one next month too. Yeah, I, I, it looks like it will. It seems like they're back on track, and they've got a lot of stuff planned for the characters and and the story. So it doesn't doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon, which is absolutely great. So. I think as soon as I read this, I, I texted you. Did yeah. you read it yet? And you said no. I said, "Well, what the fuck are you waiting for? Uh, you know, we've, was, been we've, we've been waiting six months, you know, for this book to drop, and you're, you know, you're reading The Conjuring again." Yeah, God, unbelievable. Yes, no, I was reading the book that I'm talking about today, and there's a lot, and it's already, you know, it's all done, like sixty issues or whatever. But obviously, on this show, we don't talk about my book. Book first. You tell me about the book that you have planned for us this week. So this is a book that I have had, you know, pinned in my queue for a while and I've heard nothing but great things about it. And so I said, you know what, this is, this is the week to talk about it. And mm. uh, I'll be talking about Gideon Falls from Image Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, um, artist Andrea Sorrentino, colorist Dave Stewart, and letters by Steve Wands. And uh, this is a 27-issue uh, story, five-plus trades, I'd call it, because the last trade was really just that 27th book. Uh, but there was a lot of artists, renderings, huh. drawings, uh, script notes, things like that. So That's kind of odd. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was kind of cool because it had, you know, Jeff Lemire's script in there for the last issue, you know, and there was a lot of art and stuff like that in there. So, mm -hmm. uh, but anyways... Uh, Nick, this book was fucking tremendous. And very quickly, it became a book that I had to read only during the day. Yeah. So for those who, who do follow us over on Instagram, you know now, like that that scary, creepy image that Joe tweeted out or shared recently on Instagram, like that's that's from this book. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. So yeah, I didn't know what to expect with Gideon Falls when I first started, but I was quickly, you know, pulled in and then I was quickly scared shitless. So hmm. uh, quick, quick synopsis here uh, for uh, Gideon Falls. The lives of a, reclu a reclusive young man obsessed with a conspiracy in the city's trash and a washed up Catholic priest arriving in a small town full of dark secrets become intertwined around the mysterious legend of the Black Barn, an otherworldly building that is alleged to have appeared in both the city and the small town throughout history, bringing death and madness in its wake. Rural mystery and urban horror collide in this character-driven uh, meditation uh, mediation, sorry, of obsession, mental illness, and faith. Fuck, that sounds so good. Yeah, Seriously, and, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I mean, and 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 all those elements are, are are in here. Like, it's not just this wild synopsis. Like, you, that's Lemire in a nutshell. Like, like him mm. and Lewis are the only two writers, really, that when I read their stuff, I'm always sort of left like with this emotional gut punch. You know, and it's the way they write their characters. It's the emotions they tap into. It's the questions they ask, the themes that they write about. Like, you know, like I was thinking about this because I know you asked me sort of from time to time, like, you know, what would be my Mount Rushmore of writers and mm. how would I rank them? And, you know, it's I've almost got sort of two categories. There's Sean Lewis and Jeff Lemire by themselves over here. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, it's, you know, it's, 
it's Zadarsky, it's Tynan, it's it's Tom Taylor, it's Scott Snyder, it's with Zadarsky maybe skewing a little bit more towards the Lemire um okay. Lewis side because you know those those three in particular, they they really do like I read their books and I feel something afterwards more than just like, oh, that was a fucking awesome book. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, okay. And so, you know, Gideon Falls is a hero, uh, horror, mystery, you know, sci-fi story. And man, it was, I, I read it like that. I really? mean, I, I, even though like I could only read half of it, you know, during the daylight hours, I still yeah. flew sure. through it when I was reading it. And I mean, 27 issues doesn't sound like a lot, but like, you know, it, it, it is. And, and to read it with, no, that's, that's, that is a lot. You know, I think I read it within three days, like just bang, 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 bang. Like you, I couldn't put it down. You read this, you can't put it down, and it gets, it gets weird, man. It gets, it gets twisted, okay. and and there's at times where you know maybe you're like, oh, you know, you, you think you're starting to get a little confused, or things are starting to get a little bit muddled, but then it just boom, right? It's there's whenever you're dealing with 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 weird fucked up shit, it can kind of take these weird parallels, and yes. so. It was just so fascinating. I just, I just couldn't put it down. And and at first, you know, the reason why I said like it can get a little, you know, twisted and crazy because you got a lot of story, you got a couple of different storylines going on together, and then it's it's that story of how they become intertwined and how how they connect, and, and with all the while, just this this character that's not really a character, but that that this black barn, and that's where your horror elements come from. That's where all the the creepy evil shit, you know, you know, emanates from, and it's just, it's just a building, right? Mm. It's not, uh, that's not to say that there aren't characters in this, this book that aren't, you know, evil in and of themselves, but right. that's what's, that's really fascinating about this. It's this, it's this legend uh, that has so many of these characters, uh, you know, drawn to it and, and how those stories come together, how those characters, you know, you know, come together. And so, you know, this it's a story, you know, I'm going to focus just sort of on three characters. There's more characters in this, but I don't want to, you know, really get into spoilers or anything like that. So right. your, your main character uh, is Norton. Uh, he's in the city. So in the synopsis, it talked about rural and in the city. So when you first find Norton, see Norton, meet Norton, he's in the city. He's a mentally ill adult. So, and, and he's obsessed. He's he obsessed with finding these clues in the trash and they just look like rusty nails or chunks of wood. Uh, but uh, Andrea's art, Sorrentino's art is so fascinating because he's able to draw with this sort of realism or not realism, but more of a traditional comic style art. But then like he can get wildly abstract with it, which I think, you know, increases the horror elements and the suspense and the anxiety you experience while you're reading this book. And so like, when when Norton is focused on these these uh, these items of trash, they're highlighted in red, and they have this real sketchiness to them. And and you at first you go, what the fuck is going on here? Hmm. You have no idea why this guy is obsessed with this trash, and 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 how that comes together, and and that element of the story becomes like it's everything. It is so I can't I can't adequately describe it Nick because it's so fucked up and just so it's so awesome. So one thing I do want to say just to, as you're going through all this like we've talked of course about Lemire books before on yep. here. Sentient. I don't know if you've done another one besides Sentient. I know you obviously like Lemire. Sentient, Black Hammer, Sweet Oh, Black Tooth. Hammer. Yes. Oh, Sweet Tooth. Of course. What a brain fart. Jeez. So yeah, sorry. That was a little bit of a brain fart there. I've only talked about one other Lemire book on here, uh, and that's Moon Knight, his Moon Knight run. I think like if you're interested in learning about the character and how far that they can go, like like it, Marvel could go with the character if they so chose, I think Lemire's lunatic run was outstanding. I think it was 14 issues or 12 issues. I can't remember exactly what he how long he did it for, but I really enjoyed it. I talked about it a while back. I can't remember what issue of TLDR was, but when you talk about all the craziness that ensues and all the different moving parts. And like with that character where you're dealing with multiple personality disorder and it gets all fucked up and stuff. I think it, like right there here, like hearing you say that they, they, there's all these moving parts, but you're never confused to me. Like that makes perfect sense. Cause that is Lemire. It just, and that's a testament to how good a writer this guy is. Yeah. It, it all like the, there was, there was definitely some times where I was like, you know, I had to stop and think for a right. second. 
Of course. But like I never felt like lost or frustrated or anything like that because then you flip a page. Like it just it always comes together so perfectly. And uh, you know, he's he's pulling on a bunch of threads, but when he finally, you know, when they all come together, it's just it's brilliance. And so, you know, Norton feels as though there's these evil forces acting out against him. There's evil people, there's evil forces coming to, you know, get him. So he's, 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 you think he's paranoid and schizophrenic and, you know, he talks about, you know, this, this, this black barn, he's obsessed with this black barn and how evil it is. You know, he sees a psychiatrist this is all, this is all stuff that happens in the first issue here. So mm-hmm. he sees a psychiatrist and he doesn't believe him, thinks he's just being crazy and she wants to commit him. And then she herself sees the black barn. Oh, okay. And so, right. So now the story, right? The story then really takes a takes a twist. And then you've got Father Fred, who is sort of this. <laughs> how would I describe? So I wouldn't call him. Uh, you know, uh, he's a he's a priest who's moved from town to town, but not for you know the reasons you'd think. He's just okay. You know, he's definitely got a shady past, and you learn more about that as. The, the story goes on and you you really do feel for him because he's he starts to question his faith and 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 you know the journey that he goes on is it, it's deep it's philosophical you know and 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 it's 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 a very interesting character that you know i haven't seen lemire you know right before mm-hmm. um so he has uh, been told he's moving to gideon falls to take over as as their priest. The priest there had recently died under mysterious circumstances. He doesn't know how or why. Um, and when he first when he first gets there, he meets a parishioner, right? She's like all obsessed about, you know, the helping him out, taking care of him. He's like, no, I'm I'm fine. You know, she's just sort of a little overzealous with her, you know, initial impression. And that night he's visited by the ghost Father Tom, who was the priest uh, who had died just two weeks earlier, and he follows him. He's like, you know, and he follows him into this field. And all of a sudden, he loses him. He looks up, there's a big black barn. And there's this sort of like evil shudder that he sort of you know, experiences. And then the barn's gone. He looks down, and that woman that had greeted him earlier that day is dead. Oh, right. Wow. Okay. Which leads us to the next character, Sheriff Miller, who is the sheriff of this town, Gideon Falls. Uh, and you know, she, you know, sort of brings father, uh, Fred in because he's the most, you know, uh, you know, uh, he's the, su- you know, the, su- the only real su- prime suspect that they have. And he's trying to tell her, you know, what he, and she thinks he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you find out that, you know, she's got a past and Gideon falls, uh, you know, her brother went missing when they were kids. Um, and that her father is also obsessed with this black barn. So now you've got a couple different characters, each with their own sort of experience with this black barn. And so that's where, you know, this story really takes off after this first issue is what is the mystery? You know, what is this red barn? Are these people just crazy? You know, you learn more about Sheriff Miller and her family and, and father Fred and Norton, and you meet other characters uh, that become, you know, crucial to the story. And it's, it's just so gripping and it produces anxiety. It's suspenseful. It's got those horror elements. I mean, it's got everything that, art that is I terrifying. Love. The art is terrifying. I'm, you know, and this is the same team that Jeff Lemire has a new book uh, out called Primordial. And it's the same team. And the art is very similar where you've got these, you know, these haunting, like, you know, especially in Gideon Falls, there's a lot of blacks and grays, a lot of dark colors. And then, there's this trippy mind bending abstract sort of avant-garde approach that he'll do to certain panels that just like they, it ratchets everything up perfectly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Oh, we forgot to talk about primordial. Well, I was going to mention that when you were finished, when you were finished with your whole thing, but I'll mention now, Joe review, we got an early look at primordial, which is Jeff Lemire's book. Um, and Sorrentino's book for, with a, it, with image, it's a five issue series, and and Joe talked about it on Geeks Worldwide, broke it down and everything. But it's it's I have I'm going to be looking at that too before, ahead of next week, and uh, Joe absolutely loved that. Yeah, yeah, and that so that book dropped this week, and it's very similar. No, 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 it's, no, no, it's next week, Joe. That's why oh, I didn't put week. it on. Yes, we got an early look at it. Yes, that's right. 
Yes. Dumb, dumb. I know for you, you get everything early, so you have no idea when it actually comes out. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's side note, it's, it's, it's an emotional day for me. I, uh, Violet uh, Swaggins had her first day of preschool today, so uh, she's yes. great. I'm an emotional wreck, so I am, uh, I am, you know, flubbing things a bit. But, but, anyways, uh, same team, right? So they are, you know, it's it, his art is just, it's different than anything I've experienced when, when reading a comic book. Mm. And like I said, it just elevates all those, those um, things, you know, elements to a, to a new level. So I of course haven't read Gideon Falls yet. And I fully intend to, even before you read the synopsis and before, you know, I knew it was Jeff Lemire. I knew it was going to be good and everything. But when you sent that artwork over, I saw that and like, obviously thought this is terrifying. Um, and I was like, this seems like the art that Joe would really really like on his scary books and i wonder if so, like i've talked before about how there are certain artists where it's like i know we look for writers first and like you know their stories but uh, there's certain artists who's like if they're on this project i'm gonna give it a shot like greg capullo i could see sorrentino possibly turning into that for you yeah i mean especially when it comes to this genre of books you know mm. uh you know horror he just you look at it and it evokes an emotion Right, it evokes mm -hmm. fear just looking at it. Like you're, you're just a little bit terrified, and and that was, it was more the art than the story that made me, you know, need to mm -hmm. read this in the daytime. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. is, I mean, the story is like, it's it's excellent, but like the art just takes it to that next level, and mm -hmm. and so like, and I got that feel when I when I got you know when I read Primordial. And, and wrote that review. Very similar vibe. Very similar feel. Oh, okay. the, uh, the story to this as well, you know, I, I I plan on talking about this book on the show at some time. I might save it for Dorktober, um, but Paper Girls by is Brian that, K. Vaughn. Is that scary enough for... Uh... Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's a good... It's, you know, uh, the way I would describe Paper Girls and Keith's described it, that other people described it, is it's uh, Stranger Things, but with girls. Ah, you know, okay. right. Yeah, so it's yeah, that yeah. that kind of you know. Yes, that works. So yeah. there's a way that you know, the way that Brian K. Vaughn, you know, uh, wrote Paper Girls, uh, a similar sort of feeling I got at times when reading this. Um, and I don't want to say hmm. anything more than that because I don't want to give it away. Uh, right. But it was just excellent. Read it if you're a horror junkie. You know, if you if you're a Lemire junkie and you haven't read this yet, read it. Before we move over, mine uh, quickly. Is it a movie or a show in your mind? Oh, this would have to be a show. There's too much, too much going on to try and cram into a movie. This would have gotcha. to be like a one or like a one or two season type show. Okay, okay, nice. And, and I know that there's at least one show on Hulu that's going to be like a one season thing based off of a book, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. I've been watching. So the success of that show could open up us up to more of that. You know, streaming shows that are just one season. I would absolutely love that um, if we could get some more. Let's kind of really flesh things out and everything. Yeah. But you mentioned Brian K. Vaughn, and I'm sure that was done deliberately because you know full well I am doing a Brian K. Vaughn book this week. I am talking about Why the Last Man. And the reason I'm doing it now is because we have the show coming up on uh, so FX on Hulu. So like, I know they have their deal and everything where it's like something's on FX and then it's on Hulu the next day. I'm not I've tried figuring that out, but either way, I have both. So I'm, I'll, I will find a way to watch this series. Um, and, you know, Brian K. Vaughn, you know, if he's writing it, it's going to be freaking good. Um, this came out in 2002. This is actually a Vertigo book. And I don't think we've I don't know how many Vertigo books we've done on this show, Joe, but we obviously both love uh, Vertigo books, of course, that gave us Preacher. Actually, Sweet Tooth. That was I'll remember yeah, that yeah. one at least. Mm -hmm. That was a Vertigo book, and I feel like I did. I might have done a Vertigo book on here at some point, um, but I can't put my finger on it. Anyways, um, the artist on this and co-creator is Pia Guerrera. Uh, our inker was Jose Man Jr. Colors Pamela Rambo and or Pamela Rambo, excuse me, and then um, letters Clem Robbins. Um, as I mentioned, this started in 2002. This won three Eisners on its on way to being a 60 issue series. Of course, been turned into a show uh, which starts on September 13th. I don't want to timestamp this too much, but make sure you're watching it. Uh, I forgot to mention Gideon Falls won a number of Eisners as well. Did it? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, so then, let's see what else. All right. So then. Um, Oh, actually, Brian K. Vaughn, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. Brian K. Vaughn was an executive, is an ex executive producer on the show. So that, to me, 
is very promising. Like, because we talked about before with Sweet Tooth and how, like, with Lemire, the tone of it's very different. Um, I know we've seen with other writers and, and whatnot um, it, that that happens. So I'm hoping that at least the tone and everything and the tempo and whatnot is still the same. Now, let me introduce you some of the characters because, again, this the show's coming out. Help you all get a little bit more familiar with it. Um, we have Brian, ben, sorry, Ben. Yep, lost you, Nicholas. York Brown, York Soldier, um, Olivia Thurlby as Hero Brown, uh, Ashley Romans as Agent 355, and Diana Bang as Dr. Allison Mann. Another character uh, who's important to Juliana Canfield playing Beth DeVille. Uh, assuming, though, that this show stays loyal to the book, I know all of these have been cast. Um, like there are other roles that have been cast, but the first four characters I mentioned, York Brown, Hero Brown, Agent 355, and Dr. Allison Mann are all going to be the most important ones for you going into this first season. So make sure you focus on them um, more so than anybody else. I don't know how it's going to go in terms of a storytelling perspective, but, um, but anyways, let me give you the synopsis. In 2002, the world changes forever. Every man, every boy, every mammal with a Y chromosome everywhere on Earth suddenly collapses and dies. With the loss of nearly half the planet's population, the gears of society grind to a halt and a world of women are left to pick up the pieces and try to keep civil civilization from collapsing entirely. The gender side, however, is not absolutely complete. For, someone un for some unknown reason, one young man named York Brown and his pet male monkey, Ampersand, are spared. Overnight, this anonymous 20-something becomes the most important person on the planet the key, it is hoped, to unlocking the secret of the mysterious self I'm sorry, sex-specific plague. For York himself, the most important person on the planet is 10,000 miles away, and he will stop at nothing to find her. Uh, in setting off across the post-male landscape, however, man and monkey are about to learn just how valuable they are, both as a prize and as a target. So I didn't know, like going into this, I didn't really know what it was about. I didn't check to see what the show was going to be about and everything like that. I just knew that actually Keith had mentioned to us, I believe, that this is this was a book, the show's coming out and whatever. So it actually was not really on either of our radar. But Brian Cave on, like he's yeah. when we talk about like if we were doing a, 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 our our like you may have your own like list and I may have my own list for for Mount Rushmore. But I think if we did it like. Um, you know, Mac, Mac and Goose style where we did the math and everything. Brian K. Vaughan's probably going to make that Mount Rushmore because you, like this, this is like, I, I go into this show and I'm thinking, okay, it's post-apocalyptic. I didn't know that. All right. Well, that kind of makes sense with the title name, but I don't know how much I really want to deal with another post-apocalypse thing. Uh, but then it's like the tempo of it's really fast. You see how things develop. You see like in the first issue how um, how Brian K. Vaughn like sets the stage for all these other characters and introduces you to everybody, makes like these time jumps. And the biggest thing with him is, man, you know the way – like you always talk about storytelling. And, and that, of course, can mean a few different things. But with him – that I think the distinct difference from him and everybody else is the pacing and how he has like a, a bunch of key players involved in the story, but they're some of them are in different parts of like the world or in Saga's case, the universe. And he does like the way he tells the story there and in that lens or uh, sense specifically, he does that here also. Obviously, the stories are very different and there's like I, there's no similarity other than that, but that is such an important similarity to have, I think, in this story where it's just like, like again, I talked about Oblivion Song last week where you can cruise right through that thing. This is very much the same way. This, this is a super easy read. And of course, like he's he's awesome. Like I, Brian K. Vaughn does a great job. He develops characters and like knows how to push their buttons and everything and make you care about other characters who may not be around for a whole long time. And, and in general, too, again, I know this is like, Okay, we're dealing with a plague, we're dealing with a virus, we're dealing with apocalypse, all that stuff. But I think like this little twist is something we haven't necessarily seen, at least recently, whereas like you're you've got a world of women. And I think in this world, like where we are now and in, in society and everything, I think this is a good time for this kind of like post-apocalyptic twist. Um, but yeah, like with with Vaughn, like Vaughn's storytelling from a reading perspective, the way he jumps around and stuff, to me is what makes like, like where you still think uh, post-apocalyptic, that is the big difference maker in the end for me when I'm reading this story. Yeah. And I think Brian K. Vaughn gets overlooked a little bit because he's, yeah. he's just not as prolific as all these other writers are. Mm. I mean, Zdarsky's got multiple titles. Tynan's got multiple titles. Lemire's got multiple, like all these guys have multiple titles going on at the same time. And 
they're nine times out of ten they're all bangers whereas you know with vaughn you know he writes a book you know and it's it's one at a time and it's it's damn near perfection every single time it's just the volume of what he puts out is far less than all these other guys so they're always at the forefront of our brains and our minds because generally every week we're reading a book by one of these guys whether it's mm -hmm. taylor lemire tynan zadarsky snyder you know so on and so forth whereas you know brian k vaughn it's like okay maybe it's one title every six months or a, you know what i mean like uh, yeah when you look at his like if like if you just quickly pull up his wikipedia because i'm like trying to think okay there are quite a few things that he's done over the years why the last man of course saga is one is arguably the greatest comic ever paper girls, um, paper girls is the other one then you have ex machina runaways pride of baghdad and lost those are his listed as most notable works and if you look at to again if you look at just wikipedia you'll see all the eisners that he's been up for um yeah. and one quite a few over, over the years too but he, that, yeah. especially with saga paper girls and you know why last man i mentioned how it's at, he's won three there but um but yeah these are like the other thing with him too is like so yes Joe, I, I do agree with that general premise like the volume for Brian K. Vaughn, the amount of the volume of work that he has put out there is not the same as we're seeing with like Snyder necessarily or like tying in right now or some of these or even Jeff Lemire has produced so much stuff for the years. I mean, we're, we're talking about Cullen, how much he's doing right now. And I know everybody goes through um, like different uh, levels of workload, but when he writes something, it's he writes it. Yeah, it's going to yeah. kick ass. There's, there's a very yeah. good chance that it's really good and it's worth your time. And Ex Machina is something that I've actually been meaning to read and I haven't gotten to. But that, that is something hopefully I can do on the show at some point. Again, if it's Brian K. Vaughn, you don't need to hear anything more from us other than you should yeah. absolutely give it a chance. 100%. Because he's just so good. But the, and to me, like like I, as I'm reading this this series, I'm like, this has the very similar tempo feel as um, – a saga and that was so important like there's no fat on this thing whatsoever and i was blown away by that i'm like this that is why this guy dominates because he gets it he understands how to bounce around in in a, in a perfect way and to, and i haven't talked about pia guerrero's artwork a whole lot lately but i mean in the course of all this but um i i thought it was really i thought it fit this really well like it gives it like a real feel but at the same time it's like I'll tell you what, like when I think of, um, like if I'm to compare her artwork to anybody's, it feels like Steve Dillon in yeah. Creature, but like not as harsh. His, his obviously yeah. gets pretty like, ooh, at yeah. times with the arse face and everything. Um, but, <laughs> but like, but that it's definitely, it's like a much more refined, and I know it's deliberate too when you're talking about that series. Yeah. Has a very similar feel to it. Um, it's it's it, you know you're not dealing with superheroes either, so you shouldn't necessarily have like this like Dexter Soy or Greg Capullo artwork on this. So I I can't recommend this enough. And you're as soon as you guys start reading this, if you haven't already, like you're, you're gonna fly through this thing. So there's ten volumes to it, sixty issues. Um, so six you know six issues of trade. So and, and then on on Comicsology, if you want to read it there, they have five uh, collected like like jumbo collected issues issues where it's like twelve a pop. So, so two things real quick. So, out of uh, Brian K. Vaughn's works, we've already got a show on why the last man that's coming out. Paper Girls is slated to come out. I don't know exactly right. what it is, but that is a TV show. So, uh, Netflix, whomever, Amazon, get on a fucking saga show. We need yes. it. It will yes. be it will be tremendous. Uh, and then the other thing. I hope it's Amazon. I mean, look, they. I think Saga is in some way of, like a. I don't know how like they are an image book, but not a Skybound book because obviously that's yeah. Kirkman's imprint over there. But they sell Saga stuff on Skybound's website, so yeah. I don't know if like like Kirkman's going to try and work something out with them. Like, Hey, come over to Amazon prime. I would love to see that because I want to see the same animation or at least similar animation mm. from invincible on saga. I don't want saga yeah. to be turned into a full blown anime. I'm like, I, I don't mind that, but like sometimes things just go a little bit too far. And saga is obviously very weird, but like if you combine that with anime, like, I'm still gonna watch it, but I'm just I may not enjoy it quite as much. Yeah, that that the invincible style I think would work. I think it's really good. Yeah, that would work really, really well. well. So then my other question, Nicholas, is we already know this is gonna be a TV show. Mm -hmm. Do you think FX Hulu is the appropriate place for it? Do you feel like it should be do you think it'll be a little too tame? You know, for that network, is it okay? No, I mean, they, 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 they have so they have Dave, and I don't know if you watch Dave or not, but I had I ended up watching it for Change My Mind because we did a whole thing on that. Yeah. And I and like Dave was not tame, 
McDavid okay. does does a lot of weird shit, so I don't. I'm not worried about, about okay. that at all. Um, awesome. I mean, I, I don't know if that would be my first choice, but I think it'll be fine in the end. Okay, yeah. sweet, awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to watch the show, and I can't wait to read the book. This is a book that Keith and Dork has talked about forever. That again, it's 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 on my queue. I just haven't gotten around to it. Now I've got that little extra motivation to pick mm-hmm. it up and and read through it. The biggest thing I can say coming into the show, and when you go and give the book a chance. Do not be deterred by the post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic stuff. I know I've hit on it a couple of times already, but seriously, it has a different vibe to it, a different approach to yeah, it. Yeah, doesn't bother and me too much. I really I, – well, some people can get exhausted with it, yeah. and I don't blame them, especially after everything we've gone through. So um, I, I highly – I really have enjoyed this. It is a very easy read, and I imagine this series is going to – the show is going to kick ass too. Awesome. Um, I know that I've heard it both ways is back this week, so I'm very excited for that for you and Billy D to be reunited. What episode this week? This week is uh, nothing, but next week we will return uh, for oh. uh, season three, episode four, the greatest adventure uh, in the history of Basic Cable. Ah, well, if only I could read Joe. Of course, make sure you go <laughs> check out Doc over on Twitch at Backcracker. Um, and until next time, stay sexy. You know it. <laughs>